1: Welcome again to Next Step Leadership, Uh, Tracy Reynolds uh, and Chris Maxwell uh, having conversations with people that we are learning from. Um, Absolutely. To be able uh, to try to lead, we must be people who learn, and we learn through many life lessons and mentors. And and, uh, Tracy, we talked in the last episode about thankfulness and thanksgiving, and wow, then we heard a story from someone who has a thankful heart.
0: Even after suffering through a difficult life experience, absolutely, Warren May. It's a pliv- a privilege to have you with us uh, for a second episode of Next Step Leadership. And man, you blew me away uh, with just this reaching back to a story from your childhood that set your kind of set your life course and helped you begin to start to take steps to get the story of the gospel and to, to see how God's doing and how he can use bad things to work his good pleasure. which uh, So welcome back, Warren.
2: Well, it was a pleasure to be back. Thank you so much for for having me. I had a wonderful time. It was on Thanksgiving Day, my goodness. Or, or, yeah, so, that's right. You know, we are giving thanks at a very appropriate time, but that's something we should do all the time. I so, know.
1: So. You're right. And, if, and think about it as we just continue the adventure from Thanksgiving on into remembering um, the gospel narrative, you know, Jesus uh, coming to us and his heart for the hurting, his heart for the weak, his heart for the wounded, and I can see that, uh, that Christ-like heart in you. Um, so tell us tell us more from your heart about how you're living this life with Christ out through your writing, through your through your serving uh, with the Salvation Army. Yeah, just talk to us about
2: that. Well, you know, it it starts at about 4 (laughs) a.m. That's my usual wake-up time. Mm -hmm. And uh, at that point, I have like a 15-minute devotional uh, session with myself. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I I listen to inspirational Christian speakers. And I say 15 minutes because that's the time I give myself to get up get myself dressed, and uh, and to just get, get moving. Uh, mm-hmm. And then then I, I get ready for you know a prayer meeting that happens uh, every morning at 6 a.m. I usually mm-hmm. have about um, 20 people that come on, anywhere from 11 to 20 people, members of our church, members of, of the community who, who are a part of this prayer group. And, and, and you know, we, we meet via Zoom, uh, and I guess that's coming out of the COVID situation. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, what I do is sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll sing a song. I'll, I'll do it uh, as, a, as a solo with this great musician who's got uh, great uh, uh, accompaniment tapes on YouTube. Uh, we'll review a scripture. Right now we're in First uh, Samuel. Um, and we'll discuss the scripture and then we'll pray. You know, we'll pray for the people who are on our list, and at seven o'clock, then you know, I say good, goodbye to them, and we, you know, we all go our separate ways for for the day. And then, I'm, if if I'm working at home, I'll I'll set up my computer to get get ready to do some work there. Or if I'm working in the office or going out to an interview or something like that, I'll get going. And uh, and so that's that's. Kind of how it how it gets started, and uh, look at what's on the calendar, you know, the emails, text messages, get that whole thing prioritized, and and just uh, and just take that momentum that starts early in the morning, and and keep it going the best I can uh, throughout the day, and uh, try to get home by six a six p.m. Marilyn's got to dinner on the table by then, hmm. you know we. We have uh, this wonderful time of being present f- with for each other at that time, S- discuss the day's plans, new business, progress, people mm-hmm. you know and uh, and then the evening is just a, a a time of relaxation and rest. you know we'll we'll check up on the news or 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 something like that and mm-hmm. and that's. That's kind of how how the day goes. But, uh, you know, it ends with prayer. Uh, We pray for family. We pray for our church. We pray for our jobs. We pray for our country. And we pray for our world. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you to um, my family. I've got pictures of them on the wall. Mm -hmm. I thank uh, God for all that. Opportunities that uh, he's allowed to come our way that day. And, uh, and then retire for the evening and, and uh, get replenished for the next day. So, nice.
0: Sounds like a great day, man. I love it. <laughs> uh, except, you know, he gets up before I either. I thought we got up early. But yeah. Four o'clock. That's amazing. <laughs> well, you know, I, Warren, looking at the world now, uh, you mentioned COVID on the post-COVID side of things, brother. What what do you see right now as some of the things that, that are priorities? Things that, that 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 you when when you pray every day, things that concern you, things that we, we as Christians ought to be giving our prayers and our focus towards. Well, what's on your heart in that regard?
2: Well, I, I think COVID has been it's been amazing. Um, in so many ways. You know, I think about the COVID is like one of three major world changing events that I can think of this happened in recent history. You know, we had the 1918 pandemic mm-hmm. that changed everything. Millions of people died. You know, uh, the whole world was turned upside down. And then in 1929, we had the, the stock market crash. The banks Collapsed, the economy just tanked all over the world, and the Great Depression came in. And if you have any relatives that are still around from that Great Depression, they probably also have money stored in a mattress somewhere. Because that's right. Right. You know, it's like one of those life-changing, mind-boggling events. And now we have COVID coming in 2020, and I can only imagine, you know, how the next generation going forward is, is going to be changed by that, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I can think of ways that have already been changed by that. And I think the, the, the key is to try to figure out how do we continue our ministry of presence after having been mandated to be socially distanced for almost three years? Mm-hmm. I'm talking about churches and schools mm-hmm and, uh, and uh, recreation centers, and places of, of, of work. Uh, and we're, I think the world is trying to come back together again, but uh, it's going to be a new, a new normal that I don't think we even have been able to define yet. So it's going to be interesting to see.
0: When you look back now... Uh, I've discovered from our past conversation that you and I are probably pretty close to the same age, because I'll be yes. sixty-five in just a few days. But yeah, looking you're... back, <laughs> looking back, young man, at uh, at your life, would you? Uh, how would? What kind of advice would you give the twenty-one-year-old Warren May uh, as you're nearing a uh, approaching retirement, at Warren May? What would you <laughs> think?
2: You know, it was funny years ago. I used to imagine myself appearing in the room. As an older person, talking to myself as a younger person, I think the first time I thought about that, I was uh, in high school, and I was thinking, what if I came back from the age of 18 to tell myself what it's going to be like? <laughs> 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 okay, now we've got uh, many, many more years to think about yeah, sure. when it comes to that. Sure. But uh, I, I would say, don't take anything for granted mm. that, that the Lord has put in your hand. It's good. Nothing that God ever puts in your hand is useless. Mm. It's like Moses when he said, God said, Moses, what's in your hand? After all the grumbling and complaining Moses was doing about his situation, God said, what's in your hand? And he said, what, this old wooden staff? He said, yeah, that old wooden staff. Raise it up and watch what happens when you do that, what I do with it. So I I think I would tell myself, you know, whatever you have in your hand, raise it up. Raise it up. Add value to it. Don't focus on what you don't have. Focus on what you have. Don't focus on what you don't want. Focus on what you want. Don't talk about what you don't like. Talk about what you want to see happen. Don't don't deny these things are happening, but don't give them a better, higher platform than the things that are of God, that the things are of good report, as the Bible says. And dwell on those things and watch God take you in that direction. And I think that's the tendency that we have in our lives is to see a, a beautiful scenario and focus on one thing that's not going right with it. Rather than focus True. on the scenario that's going right, and so that's that's the key to mental health, I think. Given that you don't have any any chemical imbalance or something that's just beyond your control, uh, being able to be mentally balanced—it's kind of like what you, what you wrote about, Chris. You know, equilibrium, equilibrium. You know, finding those ways to stay balanced, to stay balanced. On life's uneven surfaces. You know, it's a powerful piece that you wrote here because mm-hmm. it's so relevant. It so resonates with real life. I was one of the articles we recently uh, put into production for our next issue of the magazine is about this young woman who, back in the day, her family found themselves homeless on the streets of Brooklyn, New York, and in the shelter because the place where they lived burned to the ground and they didn't have the financial resources to do anything other than go to the shelter. And people told them, you know, you've got seven kids. You ought to just split them up, put them in child care, you know, pub, you know the public uh, system until you can get yourselves back together. And her father said, no, my family's not going not to uh, split up for staying together. If we have to stay in a shelter, we'll stay in a shelter. And they did. And they'd go in and out of that shelter, at least two of them at a time, never alone. And there were times they were so destitute, her mother used to uh, literally walk the streets of Brooklyn looking for coins, hoping to find some money to get them through the day. Wow. But when I talked to her, uh, Grace is her name, she said, the shelter, I was in the shelter, but the shelter was never in me. Mm. And she said, The Lord was in me. And she went on to go to uh, undergraduate school, graduate school, and now she is a financial advisor to the likes of Warren Buffett. Mm. She helped him, she recently helped him buy an insurance company. Can you imagine?
0: That's amazing
2: but the thing that's even more interesting about her is that a, a college professor invited her back with some uh, members of her cohort um, when she graduated from Wharton and, and and challenged them to climb a mountain in Mount Kilimanjaro as a way of coming together and taking that understanding of how they did that back to their business and incorporating that into their into their work with their Uh, their colleagues and on that mountain uh, one of them actually got so sick they had to medevac him off the mountain. He later died and they stopped climbing at that point but promised that they all come back together again in his honor and finish the climb. And they did that. This is a young lady who also had a bad leg injury but she was able to do that and at this point in time she's Done 25 mountain climbs mm. in her life. Wow. And the thing that she says is that she takes it step by step. She says they always taught her never look up at the whole summit because it's too intimidating, mm. but look down at your feet and take each step one step at a time.
0: That's so good.
2: And when it's uneven like that on rocks, like you were saying, on life's uneven surfaces. You have to take each step very carefully. Yeah. It's not like you're walking on asphalt or concrete where you can even just read your cell phone without having to worry about what you're gonna step on. No, in that environment you have to be careful every single step because it's uneven. And that's what life is like. It's a metaphor for life. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's what she learned through that. And that's and that's kinda of like what what you know, we all have to learn. Uh-huh how to accept the fact that the steps are going to be on uneven soil and that we have to look carefully each time, but to recognize that, you know, don't get intimidated by the bigger picture. Just take it one step at a time and allow your faith in God to lead you each and every step along the way. Let his word illuminate that straight and narrow path that he wants you to be on. And it may not be the easiest path, you know, isn't, it may not be the the seven-lane highway that's got perfect, uh, that's perfect, that's leading to hell. You know, it may mm. be that little road off to the side that's rocky and hard, but it's leading you to victory. It's mm. leading you to eternity. So, just because it's hard doesn't mean it's wrong. Mm. You know? And I think a lot of times in our lives today, we think it's because it's hard, it must be wrong. Should not, nothing should be hard, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you know, kids are, they're, they're, they're born, they're put in a car seat, the car seat goes into the car, the kid rides to the car, they come out, they get put in a stroller, they get strolled up to wherever they're going. You know, it's, it's, when, do they put, when are their feet gonna actually hit the ground? When are they actually going to feel that uneven surface under their feet and learn how to deal with it? You know? So, the difficulties of life come for a reason. And uh, mm-hmm. and God God knows. And we have to trust that God knows, even when we don't. And, and that trust, and that faith in God, I think it's what carries us more so than our education, more so than our looks more so than any outward thing. It's that trust in God that takes us to the next level. It takes us to the place where we need to be, where we should be, not where people say we ought to be or where we think we should be. And uh, when I look back on my life, you know, I think, you know, there's a lot of places where I thought I was going to be at this point, but when I look back at my life and, and I think about how I was prepared I'm in the right place now. I'm doing the right thing for the right people. And uh, that, I think, is a level of success that I can enjoy at this stage of my life.
1: Well, well we sure enjoy hearing you That's tell right. us about it. And I, I just love your, your comments and your attitude and your heart. Uh, take, a, take a moment to tell our audience how they can find out more about you and your wife. Uh, yeah.
0: T- oh. Just, where can we find you? Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, you know, you can go on uh, online to Amazon.com. The first book we wrote was called "Arita: Rights of Passage for Youth of African Descent in America," mm-hmm. and that was based on a on a wonderful um, program that we did with our son and and the sons of several other families. And we did a little climb in, in that regard too, too. It wasn't Mount Everest, but it was. Um, Bear Mountain, where we took the boys to the top of the mountain and sat down and talked to them about our lives and promised that in five years, we were going to come back. And in five years, we did come back. And then after we did that, we said, five more years from now, we're going to come back again. And we did that. And then five more years after that, we also came back. And the young boys were better at climbing than we were at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a great practice. Love it. And I wrote a book called Soldiers of Uncommon Valor, The History of Salvationists of African Descent in the United States. And wow, what an experience that was to recognize how God has used people of color in the development of this wonderful organization that's, and church that has uh, spanned the world in 133 countries now, reaching out and uh, helping people and doing it in such a way that uh, everyone is getting their needs met. Uh, so that, that book is, is out there. And um, those are just two sources I can I we'll think of We'll put right all now. that.
0: I'll put all that in the, the show notes to make sure that people can find you quite easily. But let me just say how much we are honored to have you with us, Warren. Uh, thank you so much for giving us some time and some wonderful counsel. Uh, I just want to go back and listen again and put my pen in my hand and take some notes. Uh, thank you, brother. Thank you for the life you lead and the example that you are.
2: Well, thank you so much for having me. You know, this has been a privilege, a pleasure, and an honor to be on your show on your podcast and to be able to speak to the people who, um, who tune in and to those who are listening right now. Uh, just know that God loves you. Yes. Whatever you're going through right now, it may seem tough right now, but trust in the Lord because mm-hmm. He will direct your path.
1: Yes, He will. And He's the one that is helping us make our next steps our best steps.
0: Thanks for joining us on Next Step Leadership, the weekly conversation dedicated to your personal growth and leadership development. Chris and I are so glad you dropped in. You can find us on all your favorite podcast providers. Do us a favor and hit subscribe. And if you really want to help us, give us a rating. We so appreciate your support. Check out our show notes for more information regarding guest contact information. Chris Maxwell's 11th book, Equilibrium, 31 Ways to Stay Balanced on Life's Uneven Surfaces, is available now at www.chrismaxwell.me or Amazon, where you can find all of Chris's previous books as well. Our featured music is by Casual Americans. You can find their new musical releases at www.casualamericans.com or at your favorite music suppliers. We release Next Steps Leadership each Thursday. So join us again next week on The Next Step Journey, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step.